Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. Welcome to that Davis show. Right now, I am joined by Trajan Watkins, a Titans contributor for Broadway Sports Media and Black Sports Online. Follow him at Trey Watkins 099. How you doing today, Trey? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Look, let's dive straight into the Titans. I think the biggest change would be Todd Downing's taking over the offensive coordinator position since Arthur Smith has left for Atlanta that's become the head coach. What is the expectations for Todd Downing's? Is he supposed to replicate the success that Arthur Smith had with this uh, offense? I, I, I generally tend to think that expectations aren't sky high simply because Arthur Smith as offensive coordinator you know, really just, you know, a, a, a big continuer of the offense. Uh, Matt LaFleur left when he um, left to become the head coach in Green Bay. Art Smith, really good play caller as well. And I think that was one of the big reasons uh, he was hired by the Falcons in the first place. So I, I think the expectations downing is you come in, you Immediately replicate the success that Arthur Smith had, but at least stay grounded, stick to the team does well, which is run the football well, uh, and, and at least try to get the ball um, in the hands of your playmakers uh, a lot more, you know, with the addition of Julio Jones, you know, and A.J. Brown, who's really come on uh, ever since he was drafted in the league a couple years ago. So I don't think the expectations are anything be crazy. It's just he has he simply has to come in, do his job, continue you know, continue the Arthur Smith and I, everything will be okay if he does just that. How will the change affect Ryan Tannehill in your opinion? Now I, I think that's a question that we'll have to develop. Uh, as the season goes on, you know, based on what Ryan Tannehill said, you know, of Arthur Smith, you know, during the previous uh, couple of years that he had him as his offensive coordinator, he loved Arthur Smith. They communicated very well. They were on the same page more often than not. The offensive coordinator and play color relationship with the quarterback uh, is really important. So it looks like it was good there. Uh, so. I think if and this just goes back to Todd Downing just simply coming in to do his job, uh, continue off what Arthur Smith did. Okay. What's your faith in the general sense of the fan base faith in Ryan Tannehill? From afar, he seems like a system guy, and he definitely has the, probably the best running back uh, in the NFL, if not one of the best run, running backs in the NFL, and Derrick Henry. If you take Derrick Henry away, would you still feel like Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill could keep this team in playoff contention? Uh that's a difficult answer. Uh, we all know what Derrick Henry brings to the table, bruising running style. Uh, he's really, really important to this Titans offense, and you know, not just Ryan Tannehill, but you know, like I said, to this Titans offense as a whole. So, 
you know, without Derrick Henry, I think Ryan Tannehill would still be a serviceable uh, starter for this team simply because he plays well in this offense, a run first offense that uh, predicates and uh, stresses the importance of play action in the passing game and the short passing game whenever the Titans want to get out of those heavy formations to run the football. So um, without Derrick Henry, I still think he's a serviceable quarterback uh, for this team. Um, but I still don't think he would replicate the success that he's had, you know, ever since he came in as a starter. And so um, with their, everything's Henry, obviously, but uh, I still think Ryan Tannehill would be a okay. Uh, even if he didn't have Derrick Henry, because the offense simply is, it's those strengths, um, you know, with the play action game, which is friendly to any quarterback around the league because, you know, gives quarterbacks a chance uh, to suck defenses in and hit wide open targets across the middle, down the field, you know, out on the sideline, whatever uh, the case may be. So I, I think, you know, like I said, everything is easier 100%, but uh, this offense plays the Tannehill strengths as a passer. Uh, so I think he would be just fine. Um without Derrick Henry, if I could uh, summarize that in one short answer. (laughs) (laughs) Look, look, let me ask you, sticking with the offense, I want to go to the line and how they're going to hold up. You look at somebody like Roger Saffold III and his kind of decline. Uh, What's the expectations of how well the offensive line is going to play in front of uh, Tannehill and Derrick Henry? I think it's going to be the same sort of expectations that they had uh, last year, the offensive line was really good, um, despite some inconsistencies in pass protection, uh, especially after Taylor Taylor Luan, excuse me, uh, went down for the season with a knee injury. When he's healthy and playing great, he's a top ten tackle. Um, he at worst, you know, Roger Saffold, he played really really good football last year, even in the absence of Luan. Uh, I believe he really played a part in helping. Um, whether it was Tyson Brello or David Questenberry, the two guys that stepped in after Taylor Luan's injury to play left. I think in his play, the reason why uh, everything didn't just blow apart um, on that left side of the line. And you have Ben Jones, who also had a really good year last year. He isn't, you know, one of the more mobile centers in the league, like you see from Jason Kelsey or any of those uh, mobile big guys, but he's a dependable He's a dependable force uh, at center. He's a real good a line of communication with the rest of the line. So um, Ben Jones, expectations are still the same for him. And the the one that really intrigues me most, you know, especially coming off the year that he had last year was Nate Davis. Nate Davis uh, was a project in Charlotte in 2019. He played – He I don't, I don't, excuse me, I don't even think he played uh, the full – he got inserted into action early in the season, got better as the season developed, came back in 2020 and had, you know, one of the best seasons for a young guard. You know, you compare to you can compare it to other young guards across the league. It's a respectable case. I've been all pro votes. Expectations are sky high for him. But I think the biggest question along his offensive line is probably right tackle. Dennis Kelly was the starter there last year. You know, now he's gone. I believe he's. Um, Mike Rabel hasn't really 
uh, came out and said who the starter, you know, concrete starter is a right tackle. We've seen uh, David Questenberry, who played at left tackle last year. He's a candidate to start there. Uh, Tyson Brello, you know, if he played left tackle, of course, last year, he's a uh, candidate to start. Um, then um, there's a free agent newcomer there or here in Tennessee by the name of Kendall Lamb. Uh, he was more of a swing tackle in Cleveland, but he signed here on a pretty respectable deal to maybe come in here and compete. Uh, he hasn't really got a lot of preseason action, but he got some action week three against Chicago. Uh, so, and his his name has been mentioned as a starter at right tackle. We don't know who the starter is going to be at right tackle. I wish we did. What uh, less stage to you know sit here to research about and try to analyze all the comments Mike Vrabel has made about the situation. So, um, we just don't know who the starter is going to be at right tackle. So, you know, among the other four spots, you know, on the offensive line, right tackle is probably the uh, which we'll probably see. Uh, answered when the Titans take on the Arizona Cardinals this Sunday. So That Davis show with Trejan Watkins. Follow him at Trey Watkins 099. Trey, let me ask you this. Julio Jones, Roll Tide, I love Julio, has joined the Titans. Um, are you going to get a healthy Julio? What do you expect from Julio? And let me ask you this. Even though Julio is a surefire Hall of Famer, but at this point of his career with, with Titans – fan base perhaps wish they had kept Davis instead of bringing in Julio and tried to make it work that way instead of playing Julio the type of money they're paying him right now. No, I think would take Julio 10 times out of 10. Um, appreciate what Corey Davis has done and what he's given to the team ever since he came uh, as a fifth overall draft pick a couple of years ago, but Julio Jones, surefire Hall of Favor, like you said, um, he might be 32, but he can still be a good play, even if it's not crazy top three. Um, he's a definite upgrade over Corey at this point. Uh, so I think Titans fans would take those over Corey Davis uh, 10 times out of 10. Now, going back to what you said about expecting, you know, or trying to dissect the health situation for Julio Jones, it's going to be sort of – Maybe it's maybe you can prepare to a game of whack-a-mole or throwing cards. We don't know what's going to happen at all. You could try to pit it, pit, pit it down, try to come to a concrete conclusion. But I, I think we're going to see probably the same of what he's or what he did in Atlanta practice all that much. And the Titans have been doing that and they're important players a lot. Uh, throughout the year, if they're dealing with any sort of nags or any sort of bruises or nagging injuries or anything, they'll sit them out of practice, uh, and they trust them enough. Trust them enough, excuse me, to be prepared um, without the practice time. So, um, plus Julio's a vet. You know, he's been in this league. He's done this and that. <laughs> so, I, I don't think there'll be any sort of overly crazy concerns if he misses practice. Now, um, maybe you would like to see him practice. You know, more just to get a rapport with Ryan Hill and trying to get himself uh whole timing aspect of the offense, you know, with all that and everything. So, uh, but he's a vet. So I'm, I'm just a guy that writes about the team. I'll trust the guy that's been practicing plague in this league for dang near a long time. I'll trust him on that. <laughs> facts. Facts. Look, switching over to the defense, John Robinson, uh, cut basically a large majority of that underperforming secondary. 
Uh, what's the expectations for the new players that are stepping up into that secondary? And then going along with that, when you're adding uh, Bud, Bud Dupree, what are the expectations for the defense, the entire defense? Um, I, I think with the secondary is that after the season, um, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson really wanted to move away from the whole uh, zone aspect of covers. I think with the Dory Jackson and Malcolm Butler, really the best of man coverage corners. And I think with Vrabel and what he wants to see on his defense, he wanted corners uh, that more athletic can keep up with speed and can play really decent man coverage. The guy Janoris Jenkins, he real man coverage corner in New Orleans last year. Christian Fulton, who was the second round draft pick last year, they're out of him. And they drafted Elijah Moulton, you know, in the draft. Um, and he's expected to play the slot. And I believe it was debut debut, excuse me, against Tampa Bay in week two of the preseason. He Stuff the stat sheet was everywhere around the field, making tackles, causing plays, making plays, excuse me, and causing havoc. So uh, there'll be expectations for him as well. Um, I, I think the whole expectations, you know, with the secondaries that do have to be better, 100. Uh, percent The Titans secondary was riddled by injury last year, so um, for the Titans to get to where they want to be, they can't have that in the secondary. At all, not again. You can't repeat that. Or you're early, um, and the Titans don't want to be doing that. For the defense as a whole, I, I believe it's you know trying to get better on third down. They were historically bad on third you. down last year. Fifty-two um, percent of first downs given up. <laughs> yeah, I've never. And I've, I've watched football. I'm 21 years old. Well, ever since I was like eight, nine years old, actually even younger than that, six, seven, eight years old, I've never seen a team bad on third down, ever, ever. And even when I was, you know, starting to get into the whole process of tracking stats and everything, which, you know, third down percentage is one, I've never seen a team that bad on third down, ever. It, it, it became, you know, maybe a routine to expect this defense to give up first downs on third down, even the third and 10, uh, third look situation, because everything was just havoc back there on third down. It was, it was insane. I've never seen something that bad. So getting better on third down, that absolutely happened. One of the things that is uh, one of the keen on uh, throughout the 2021 season, I think probably the biggest one, you know, I think personally is the pass rush. I don't even – and I, I should have came prepared for this stuff like this, but uh, the Titans, you know, finished with the lowest overall sack total. Uh, it became the Tennessee Titans. That's how bad they were rushing the passer. Whoa. Uh, so they brought in Bud Dupree. Yeah, it was it was bad. So they, they brought in Bud Dupree, um, who's – expected to at least bring some respect to a Titans pass rush that didn't have any last year. Um, and you combine that with Jeffrey Simmons, excuse me, was good last year. Danico Autry, uh, who has some pass rush powers himself. And even Harold Landry, who hasn't really delivered. Uh, he was taken in the second couple years ago, but he shows some flashes here and there. And this is going to be a big year, contract year for him. Uh, so just trying to get respectable on that pass rush, so better on third down, not being as bad on third down as they were last year, and just trying to be respectable 
uh, as a pass rush. I think those are the two things that the Titans defense are really, uh, really keen in on uh, in terms of improvement for this season. What is your predictions for the AFC South and in, in, in t- the entire AFC South? How do you have these these teams fall? And I guess we could say the Titans are clearly going to probably win a division. It's only really them and the Colts. But how do you have the division playing out? Mm-hmm. I had the uh, – well, you said it. I have the Titans at one. Um, I had the Colts at two. Uh, the thing with the Colts really is their defense, of course, we don't know how good their defense they still have relatively the same pieces that they had last year. You know, they lost Justin Houston. Um, so maybe that's a big loss as well. And they're depending on Xavier Rhodes and maybe some other guys to hold down the secondary, which isn't really a bad idea at all. Julian Blackman had a year. He's another guy to keep an eye on. Uh, so I, it's just the quarterback situation, maybe even the wide receiver situation. Carson Wentz, we all know the problems that he had in Philadelphia. We don't know if those are particularly extinguished at this point. He didn't get a lot of training camp practice time to at least work on the mechanical issues that he had that uh, led to the struggles that he had in Philadelphia. Really, you know, you know, we, we don't going to see uh, what Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz can at least be serviceable in the run game to get going. In the wide receiver situation uh, can prove itself and doesn't run into injuries. And I think the Colts uh, might be decent competition for the Titans in the AFC South. Uh, then I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. The roster offensively in Jacksonville, it's it's better, much than it was last year. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Marvin Jones, Mark Biska, uh, Schultz, Janault, excuse me, Jr., uh, who I really like to have a, a nice little breakout year this year in Jacksonville. He's real electric with the ball. You can do a lot of things uh, with, with him offensively to get the ball in his hands. So um, you know, I, I like their offense, you know, you know, not for the short term, you know, but for the long term, you know, and all that and all that other jazz. So, uh, but defensively, there's some issues there as well. You know, there's not really a lot of standout talent defensively for the Jaguars, but, um, I, I'm sure they'll continue uh, to build on that for years. Um, and for, for the Texans, I don't think I want to spend too much time talking about the Texans. <laughs> uh, we all know what's going on with the Deshaun Watson situation. <laughs> uh, and, you know, aside from the Deshaun Watson situation, the roster is uh, – it's, it's, it's not good. It's scattered with rookies that the Texans got in the middle – the drive because Brian checked away all their picks and a whole bunch of veterans that, you know, are either really on their careers or maybe just haven't proven all that much. So um, that's where I stay with the Texas at this point. Look, last one, uh, you know, here in Chicago, the beloved Bears, we have the Justin Fields situation about when is he going to play? Uh, from the outside looking in, do you have any expectations for the Bears this season? How would you bring along Justin Fields? <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, I love Justin Fields, man. I loved him coming out of college. Um, I really wanted him to stay at Georgia. I thought he was going to before he ended up transferring to Iowa State where, you know, he obviously had a decorated career. Uh 
I want Justin Fields to start all 17 games this year. That's just my personal fantasy because I love watching Justin Fields. Uh, and I really do not want to waste my time watching Andy Dalton uh, play as a, a little bit of a stopgap just to prevent me from watching Justin Fields play good football. Um, you know, I, I really want to watch Justin Fields play. That's really the only, you know, takeaway that I could, you know, Cub with you know in terms of Justin Fields because I I love the guy I love Justin love what he's done. Um, in terms of the Bears, it's 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 a little bit of maybe it's it's hard to really judge what the Bears are. I mean, some people are really low on them. Some people might say they're carrying them. He's a wild card spot this year. I think it'll be difficult to do that again. But the defense still has some respectable veteran uh, and young pieces on that side of the ball. So. So I thought for now, it depends on what this offense does. I, I said I want to see Justin Fields play. I think the team has the best win when Justin Fields play. play. Uh, so, but, you know, from what Matt Nagy said and what Ryan Pace has said, uh, they want to let Justin Fields learn and not throw him into the fire uh, too early, which I can understand. I guess I expected them to be be more open to the idea of starting Justin Fields, considering that I think their, you know, their jobs are on the line here. I think uh, Matt mm-hmm. Nagy is on the hot seat. Ryan Pace is definitely on the hot seat. So um, I want I it's tough, tough little prediction for the Bears. I personally think if just the majority of the games, I think the Bears can push for many wins. Um, Ten wins might be going a little bit too far, maybe. Uh, so, I don't know. It's 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 a it's hard to judge the Bears for uh, this uh, when you have any moving parts like they have. Yeah, it's the same way we feel here, Trey John. It's the same way we feel here. <laughs> look, I appreciate it. I look forward to talking to you down the line. Great work. Keep it up and have a terrific day, man. I appreciate it. You too. And thank you for having me on. Anytime.